Welcome to Learning to Live, where I talk about what I'm currently learning. Come join me in learning how to live a quality life. Welcome to another episode of Learning to Live. So how do you have joy through being sad? Well, allowing yourself to feel your losses will help you to experience joy. Often with grief, we only really think of it with the loss of a loved one. But that's not the only thing that people grieve. We will grieve the losses of expectations, big or small. When we lose something, it can be hard because it shows how little control we have and then we try to gain a sense of control. Which can be manifested in being a perfectionist or something along those lines. Because we become anxious and grasp for something we can control. And we become more anxious because we realize more and more how little control we have. We can't control our life circumstances or other people. The only thing we can control is how we respond. Holding in or suppressing the grief will only prolong the pain. If you don't allow yourself to feel the pain and go through the grief, your body will go on grieving without you. That is something my husband said a lot while we were grieving, and I really like how it captures the importance of allowing yourself to feel the loss. And change can be hard for many. In a sense, it is a loss. Like I said before, it can scare us because it, isn't, because it is different, and often we can't control it. But not all changes are bad. And then we can sometimes be overcome with anxiety and depression. But everyone is different in the ways that they grieve and or how long they grieve. But we can ex quickly expect ourselves to be over it, as well as expecting others to be done grieving as well. It's like when people have gone to the funeral and that's all done with, they forget that the family is still grieving. They move on and expect the others to as well. It may not be a spoken expectation, but it's still there. Grieving expectations can be when we have an expectation of what we want a relationship to look like with someone. For example, it could be your relationship with your mom. Some expect others to be able to love them the way they receive love, but others still may be showing love, but in their own way. Often people show love the way they receive it because it comes naturally to them. Sometimes we have to learn to take what others are showing us as love, even though we would like them to show it the way we receive it. But they are sometimes just not in a place to be able to love us in our love languages. But to see that someone can be loving you, be it acts of service, physical touch, words of affirmation, quality time, or gifts. This is referring to the five love languages. And I can go more in depth on this in the future. Of course, I'm talking about a healthy relationship, not an abusive one. And for me and my husband, that looks like teaching each other how to love the other. For example, if my love language is acts of service and my husband's is gifts, then we teach each other how to love the other I show him how I receive acts of service, and he teaches me how to love him through gifts. Other expectations we had to grieve was, with the restrictions, I had to grieve the loss of seeing people, missing community, and not being able to do things I liked to do and wanted to do. 
and what I expected 2020 as well as 2021 would look like. It didn't turn out how I had anticipated it would. Some other losses of expectations that you could have could be expecting to be dating or being married um, or wanting to have kids. Um, could even be with a job or just any type of life circumstance that you had an expectation or something you wanted, I guess, and then that didn't happen and it didn't turn out the way you had planned. could even be an expectation of your child of what you want them to be. And yeah, those are things that we often need to grieve. This whole topic is a bit heavier for me because I just lost my grandma. She passed away, which was very difficult for me, and the grief reminded me of how important it is to allow yourself to feel it. With the restrictions, I didn't get to see her for over a year. I pushed off the promptings I had to call her or bring her flowers before the restrictions when she was in the hospital. I wanted her to know how much she meant to me. The hours before her death were sad. Knowing I couldn't go say goodbye, and neither could my parents, was really hard. She was in the hospital and only a few were allowed to visit a day. My dad has quite a few siblings, so a lot of them didn't get to say a face-to-face -face goodbye to their mom. They got to talk to her a day or so before on the phone. Before she died, they got to see her but on the phone through a video chat, but she was in a lot of pain with medication and everything. She was sleeping and my parents didn't get to actually speak to her and say goodbye. It feels cruel and depressing. Knowing that my dad had to go through that makes it even harder and it just adds to the grief. We never expected to have to practice grieving earlier in 2020 as well, but no one really expects it or wants it to come. We lost our baby this last spring. It was unexpected, and I plan to do an episode on that a lot more in depth. When I started seeing my counselor after the loss, I would cry randomly. I pushed down my feelings and busied myself in work to numb the pain. The restrictions made it harder because I had to go to the hospital alone when we found out we miscarried and after with the infections as well. Grief is hard and inevitable, and something I really want to stress because it is so important is don't rush your grief. Allow yourself to go through it and feel it. Grief can last months or years. It's been seven months since our loss of our baby. I do feel better, but there are still times where I feel sad that we won't get to experience those certain things with her. We won't get to hold her, see her first step, see her cry, see what she looks like. And my husband won't get to walk her down the aisle when she gets married. And we won't even be able to see her dating. Those are all the things that we have to grieve. One thing I heard is don't get stuck in the grief. But remember, there can be times and seasons where it can just be more difficult and a lot sadder. My counselor told me that it will bump into the grief of our baby, and that's okay. Make sure you give yourself time to feel losses big and small. They're still important to grieve.
The grief process can often be in stages. Not saying that everyone will go through them in the same exact order or in the same way. The grief stages were created by a psychiatrist named Elizabeth. She named them in her book called On Death and Dying. Not that we should be put in a box because everyone is different and can go through them in different orders and different ways. But often it is put into the five stages or four stages and I will do the four stages. The first one is denial, which is not being able to believe that this is happening to you. It can affect the sleep and appetite. Often the shock of it can cause us to pretend it didn't happen or isn't happening. Denying it can help us cope until we can handle it better or even just receive it. The way I experienced it was just the feeling of it being a really bad dream and just the unreal feeling. It didn't feel real and I just can't wait to get up. Currently, I'm kind of feeling the unreal feeling with my grandma. I am a little bit shocked and just haven't been able to grasp it because I didn't get to see her, which makes that harder. And because it's really fresh. But just because you're in denial doesn't mean you don't cry. It could just be a shock to your body and something to process that feels unreal. But you can still cry through any stage. Sometimes people end up getting busy with life and feel they've dealt with the loss. But often we don't fully grieve. Our culture is very focused on just quickly getting grief over with. And we don't end up allowing ourselves to fully feel. And we don't allow others to feel either. Even Christians can often feel that they don't have a reason to grieve because they feel they will see their loved one again. But your body will still grieve because they're gone and we miss them. Anxiety can come up. Like John Deloney says, anxiety is like an alarm. It is trying to tell you something is wrong. Your body will keep on grieving whether you do or not. Which can be seen in anxiety and depression. Because you're pushing or ignoring those feelings. And some will even disassociate from the loss because it's painful. Grief can be exhausting. The next one is anger. Wondering why is this happening to me? It may be a way of masking emotions or denying them as well or pushing them down. Because you're holding in the feelings, it can come out as anger. Or it can be anger, actually. It can be anger at the situation, people, yourself, or even God. I know when our baby died, I was angry generally at the situation. And through that, some people struggle with the goodness of God. I don't understand why your baby died, and I may never. But I do feel a lot of peace, and I know God knows my pain because his son died. He's a comforter. He can be the greatest comforter because he can only know our pain and truly understand it because he is all-knowing. I also know he wasn't punishing me. He is a loving God. Yes, he is a just God, and I'm grateful for that all as, as well because of all the evil in the world. 
but I know he is a compassionate God also. Run to God because he cares for you. But I would encourage you to talk to God, share how you feel. He wants to hear your pain because he wants to comfort you. The third one is bargaining. It is a way of trying to control the situation when it feels so out of control. Often you can be saying what if statements to gain a sense of control. Even and often with God, you can bargain. It could look like promising God something and wanting him to do what we want. But we can't control God. We can't control life, even if we feel we can. Life will show us very quickly that we can't. We also can't make God do anything. But he can use all things for good. What I think is good might not be as I only see a small part of my life. God has a bigger picture and a bigger perspective, a better perspective. I've been trying to pray God's will for my life rather than my will, trusting he knows what's best. But just to clarify, God does good because he is good. If he did evil, that would make him evil and that's not him. But because of sin and free will, there is evil. And God doesn't promise no troubles in life. But God promises to use situations for good because he wants what is best for us. He doesn't have to care for us, but he does. And that's awesome that he loves me unconditionally. If he can love me unconditionally and what's, what's best for me, and he is good, I should be able to trust him. And don't be hard on yourself if you feel you're going through a season of finding it difficult to trust or see God's goodness or whatever. God knows the pain of a loss, and he is gracious. Be gracious and patient with yourself too, with whatever stage you're in. The next stage is acceptance. Being able to accept what has happened and how it will change your life. When you get to a place when you've accepted that the loss has happened, you don't have to be happy, but coming to a place where you've accepted this new normal in your life. It can be a sense of peace. You can also still feel a sense of sadness about the loss, but you've been able to accept that this has happened and, you, and you've come to terms with it and the reality. In the past few months, we have begun to accept the loss of our baby. We're able to talk about her a lot easier now. But that's something that comes with time. We find it easier to talk to each other rather than other people. And that's okay. Give yourself time and be really gracious with yourself. And acceptance can look differently for everyone. The idea is still the same, that you'll begin to accept what is now your new normal. There are many ways to grieve. We've tried a few different ways. One is having a ceremony for your loss. Not just big losses, as it's easy to assume, but small losses as well, because they affect us. Like example, a lost job, an ended relationship, an unmet expectation, big or small, 
changes in life, for example, the pandemic and everything encompassing it, or other life changes, health problems, even infertility, miscarriage, and the loss of a loved one. We had a burial ceremony for our baby, as well as a due date ceremony. Find a way of acknowledging the loss, naming it, and marking the change, as well as celebrating birthdays or special events to remember people. It can help with processing it as well, celebrating the good of that person. Also, write out a letter to the one you lost, expressing how you feel, or just write a letter that you don't intend to send for a different type of loss. Just writing it can be a way of processing the events and feelings. And you can do this however often you need. I've used this to process hurts and feelings often as well. In general, I just recommend writing out your thoughts and feelings. You can also talk with someone trusted, like a counselor, that could be helpful. Someone who can listen and comfort you and give you good, helpful wisdom and guidance and who can just walk you through the grief. And I am not condemning anyone in any way if you are going through this. I understand loss in many ways as well. And I hope that you can find some of this helpful and useful and that you feel encouraged. I plan to talk more in depth on anxiety in upcoming episodes, so stay tuned for that. But healthy grieving allows you to truly celebrate in a deep and meaningful way. Which is something Josh and Christy said in their episode from Famous at Home podcast, episode 198. Grieving what you imagined. I enjoy listening to their wisdom and insight. To have joy rather than just happiness. Happiness to me is very much relying on how you feel. But I think you can be joyful without being happy. Joy often is talked about in the Bible during struggles. Joy comes when you have hope that everything will work out in the end. Our hope is in God and what he has planned can bring joy. Joy often comes with hope. When we lose hope, we often lose our joy. Which can look like depression as well. Acknowledge the loss. Everyone has lost something or someone. It hurts and it is difficult and it is real. Surround yourself with people that can help you. Dealing with grief and loss is often during that gratitude is recommended. Making sure you are taking care of yourself as well. One verse I thought was really interesting is 2 Corinthians 1 verse 4. Who comforts us in all our afflictions, referring to God, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. I really love how it talks about God's comfort and how we can receive that comfort and then give it to other people as well when they're going through something hard. I really feel like it talks about how God wants us to be in community with people, to be able to comfort them and to be comforted as well. 
Setting aside time to feel and process feelings. For example, I will deal with these feelings at 4 p.m. today. It tells your body you will give time to think about this, but right now is not the time to. It can really be good or bad. It really depends on how you're doing it. If you intend on not feeling at all, then you should set aside time that you can. Your body needs that. Jordan Peterson talks about when you need to be strong to deal with preparations for a burial or something like that. So there are times where you need to set aside your grief temporarily to do important tasks. But we need to make sure we're not suppressing our feelings and ignoring the grief. You could also visit the grave of a lost loved one and say out loud what you are feeling as if you were talking to them. When you love, you will feel pain. That is something I've realized this last year. But don't close yourself off out of fear of loss. I had many opportunities that I didn't take to show my grandmother that I loved her. I put them off to them next time, but I didn't get it next time. I'm not saying that out of guilt or shame, but regret. And now I want to make sure I take the opportunities to have, I have to love those around me, especially when I feel God is wanting me to love certain people in specific ways. Many people experience a varying and a variety of regrets, which is very normal. Children often need help with grief. Grief is necessary. And we need to go through the pain to heal. Allow them to feel and help them talk through it and understand what they're feeling. It can really be hard to see a child in pain. But if we don't allow them to feel, they will end up denying their feelings, distracting themselves. And distractions are not good for adults and children. It is a way of running from how we feel and we didn't make sure that we aren't teaching our children or kids around us to do this destructive habit. Teaching kids that the loss is painful because of the love, allowing them to feel loved and remind them of those who love them around them. Children need to be modeled how to grieve well. Allowing them to know that it hurts us can show that we also love because if we deny our feelings and ignore them, they will think we're being cold and aren't loving. Remind children that they are allowed to grieve and share their feelings, allowing them to talk about their feelings to process the loss and accept and affirm the child's feelings. They are real to them no matter if they are logical or not. Their feelings are real to them. Be someone your child can trust to go to to share all their feelings without being judged. Showing them they are loved and that it's okay to feel. Affirm their feelings and speak hope to them. How can we be there for others who are grieving a loss of any form? Well, sometimes we feel we are being helpful to others while they are grieving and don't realize what we might be saying isn't good and may hurt. 
Some people need people to be quiet and just comfort them, caring for them. Ask the person grieving if there's anything you can do to help or how to comfort them. Help others so they don't have to carry the load and are able to grieve. If it's even just tasks and helping them get groceries. Talking to others can help us work through grief. It may help to see a counselor to help us work through it. Or even a trusted friend or mentor can help. Surround yourself with people that can help you and comfort you. Allowing you to feel your feelings and not rushing you through the process. It may be helpful when you can to talk about the loss, whatever it was, a few times to people that you can trust. Getting the words out can really help our bodies to heal. Another thing John Deloney talks about is sitting in our grief but not bathing in it. A good episode that talks about this is Cope with Grief. I believe that's what it's called. It could be something along the same lines. Also, Henry Cloud talks about grief. I would recommend listening to his videos or reading his books. When We Lost Our Baby, I read Empty Arms by Pam. She has also some YouTube videos. And it kind of talked about the stages of grief. And our past losses for everyone will still cause us sadness. Make sure we're taking care of ourselves and can be there for others. Be with others. And there is no set time limit for grief. And ask God where he is in this because he is with you and cares for you and wants to comfort you, however big or small your loss is. We don't have to grieve without the hope that God has for us. Some other things that we did when we lost our baby was we framed a picture of our baby's ultrasound as well as her name and we have it displayed in our place, in a place that we will always see it. And yes, others who will come over will see it as well. We don't want to hide our baby. We want her to be a part of our life because we love her. And I find it so crazy how we can love someone we didn't get to know. And I know it's possible that if people come over, there are some people that may say things we don't like. But we always like to assume the worst. We don't assume that there may be people who say encouraging things when they see that. With going to my grandma's funeral recently, before the funeral, everyone was saying how she was in a better place. And I know that. But the thing I couldn't help but think was, I miss her though, and that's why I'm crying. I feel when we say that, we often aren't allowing people to grieve properly. Because yes, they're in a better place, but we miss them and they're not here. And it's okay to be sad that we've missed out on memories or be sad because of the memories we have. We're so special 
and they had to come to an end. I want to feel free to cry and for others to feel free to cry as well. To feel the freedom to miss her as long as I need to. It's nice to be able to have people encourage each other and show compassion for one another. One thing my grandma did was crochet a lot. She made all the grandkids blankets. And I'm the type of person that would put it in storage because I don't want it to get wrecked because it's sentimental to me. But now I also don't want to hide away those memories I have of my dear grandma that I miss so much. So I've decided to display it and use that blanket as a memory of her often to cherish the one last gift she gave us. And in the future, I'd want our kids to know about her. I understand some people will wait with putting out sentimentals till after the kids are grown up a bit because they don't want the things to be broken. And I think that's okay because they're important and they're a memory. But don't make the things more important than people. That is something I'll have to work on as I can be very sentimental with the littlest of things. So, you may want to write out a list of things that you have lost and allow yourself to feel them. And sometimes, like my counselor said, you will bump into the grief. That doesn't always mean that you are going backwards. It could be like going up a spiral staircase, but once in a while, hitting the wall. That doesn't mean you aren't going up, but you're just bumping into it once in a while, and that's okay. And there's a time to say later today, I will set aside time to feel this. So your mind can relax and you aren't consumed with it all day. But make sure you are actually setting aside time to do this. And often when we are stuck on a thought treadmill, where we're thinking about something, it's not actually going anywhere, we need to jump off that treadmill, which could look like choosing to think about something else for a time. For example, you have to be intentionally talking to yourself through tasks sometimes, detailing what you're doing, like if you're making food. Talk through it like I'm putting spaghetti in now, I'm frying the ground to meat, I'm adding in onions, like detail it because you're minding something else to think about and it's going to keep going on that thought and you need to replace those thoughts. It also could be singing a song that you know well that has a lot of words to remember, not just the chorus. And also when you feel you've been thinking or talking about the same thing and it's just not getting anywhere, it may be time to stop and get off your treadmill. There's a time to sit and feel our feelings, but there are times when we need to put them aside for a brief time, but not permanently. We still need to feel them. So I hope this can help you guys and that you can take away at least something from this. And that's all I have for this episode. Yeah, I hope this can be helpful for you and I thank you so much for joining me. And yes, I plan to talk about more mental health um, topics in the future. So thanks for joining me and see you next time. Bye!